0: The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Boy, I'll tell you, I'm in such a good mood today, and everybody just has to go with it. I know that uh, some of you are in a terrible mood, and some of you are in a great mood like me. And a lot of it has to do with the Iowa caucuses. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that you had a third day to your weekend. Come on, let's admit it. We like federal holidays. And it's so interesting how much mail I got. How many people wanted to argue with me about my podcast, not podcast, my show yesterday. Because I did a pretty much... What I thought was a really engaging program about the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Now, look, there's controversy about everybody. You can make a case for or against anybody. I know that. Look, one minute somebody's my hero, the next minute I find out something and they become like, well, you know, my arch nemesis. It's just the nature of things these days. But I think one. Unviable or indisputable truth is the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was a very important figure in history and a man of great faith, a man of, I think, incredible morality, but a man. You know, he was a man. I don't expect any man to be perfect. Donald Trump's not the Messiah, he's not my savior. But he sure does, in my opinion, make me feel a whole lot better about the future of America. And after the Iowa caucus results, which came in in less than 30 minutes, give me a break. This was the biggest landslide in Iowa caucus's history. And right away, it's like, well, the morning after half of the Republicans don't want Trump. That's not true. Half of Republicans might have preferred someone else, Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis, but that doesn't mean they don't want Trump. But, you know, you can't help it. They can't help themselves. They gotta go after him with every last breath. You know, Joyless Reed over on MSNBC literally was making the case that it was racism that prevented Nikki Haley from winning. Give me a break. I mean, sometimes she's so, you know, this is another one of the examples of why no one should send their children to Harvard. It doesn't mean much anymore. Actually, it's a negative. I tell my son all the time, I will quasi admit that you went to uh, Yale Law School, but I'm not telling people where you went to get your undergraduate degree anymore, because it's embarrassing. But so I was happy with the results and I watched all the news reports last night. Ooh, uh, turnout much lower than expected. There was a lack of enthusiasm. No, there were freezing cold temperatures and most people figured out Donald Trump's going to win. It's not really that important for me to get out there. Yeah, you know, So maybe he could have won by much greater numbers, but he was going to win. That's all. You know, Whether 15% of registered Republicans came out or... Uh, 5% or 50% really isn't going to change the fact that people are very disturbed because they finally figured out, and I did this in my thought of the day, that this is not the Republican Party that it used to be. This is, and it's not that it's Donald Trump's Republican Party, this is the working man's Republican Party. And if you don't like the working man, which liberal elitists don't, this is very disturbing, very disturbing to you which makes me very happy, that's all. But there was more, more that was going on that really made me feel quite concerned that people have become so enamored of their position rather than the country that it represents. We're gonna have to unwind from that and it's gonna take a long time, it really is. I I went to see my doctor believe it or not, my doctor's office was open on Martin Luther King's birthday, which didn't make sense to me, but I had already said I would be there on January 15th, six months ago. So when I got the notice on Friday asking me to confirm, first thing I did was call the office and say, are you really open on Monday? And they said, yes, we really are. And then I said, well, you know what? I'll go to the doctor's, I'm not gonna work, but I I already recorded my show, I can go to the doctor at 7.45 in the morning instead of sleeping in, but hey, you know, I have to have my visits. I went to the doctor's office, and for the very first time in my life, I happen to like my primary physician. He's actually my primary physician by default. My original primary physician, since I've uh, been a Medicare recipient, kind of was so busy that when the office two or three years, I guess it was three years ago, said, well, would you like to see the newest associate, Dr. Gil Fernandez, and then you can get in next week? I said, yeah, why not? And when I saw him, I actually, please, Dr. Menendez, forgive me for this. He's still my husband's primary physician. I said, I actually like this guy. First of all, he's young, he's dynamic, and he listens to me and he doesn't agree with me, and he'll make his case, but then he respects my position. So I went in there yesterday, and I was ready to let him know exactly what my plans are going forward when it comes to my medical care. You know, I've done all the things. I've got the health surrogate. I've got the letters all filled out. Everybody knows exactly what my wishes are. They're in writing, blah, 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 blah. But I thought it was about time that I told my primary care physician what I am willing to put up with and what I am not willing to put up with going forward. And I was a little bit nervous, not intimidated. I was going to do it, but I was a little bit nervous. I didn't want to insult him because I think he's a good doctor. But I also uh, wasn't going to back down and didn't want to get into a... uh, confrontation with them? You know, I didn't. So I was prepared. I had prepared my statement, you know. I'm a radio talk show host. I don't do anything without at least uh, thinking about it, making some notes, and then kind of rehearsing it in my head, if not out loud. So I was prepared. I went into the office. First you see the, um, the nurse or the PA, whoever it is, that does the initial stuff, takes your weight, takes your blood pressure, asks the questions, fills out... Um, the paperwork, and then the doctor comes in. So when the doctor walked in, he said, Ma, you, you know, you, you look great, and you, you seem to be in good spirits and, and all that. And I said, well, you know, for the last couple of weeks, I was fighting off the effects of a cold or some kind of mini virus. I said, and so if you'd have seen me last week, you probably would not have had that impression. I said, but it lifted this weekend, and I really do feel very well. And I'm really amazed at my condition, considering a number of things. Number one, my age. And number two, the fact that I allowed doctors like you and my daughter to talk me into an untested, untried vaccine that I now believe has compromised us all, one way or another. And he didn't make a face, which his his predecessor would have done. And he didn't Even flinch. He said, okay, so what's the plan going forward? Because, of course, he's making all the usual recommendations. When was the last time you had a colonoscopy? You have to have a colonoscopy. When was the last time you had a mammogram? It's time to have a mammogram. When was the last time you had this? That CIT lung scan, blah, blah, blah. How long has it been since you stopped smoking? The same questions that he always asks. I gave the same answers that I always give. Only this time I said, no more. Basta. Enough. I am not having all these tests. Just not going to do it. And he didn't flinch. You know, he looked at me and I said, well, you seem remarkably sanguine about what I just said. And he said, it's not the first time I've heard it, which really made me happy because I think people are thinking. And I think people who think will make better decisions and better choices. That's all. So I said, I am not having a colonoscopy. I said, my last colonoscopy, which was, I don't know, my eighth or ninth or 10th colonoscopy in my lifetime, was great. And I see no reason to have a colonoscopy this year. He said, okay, I'm still going to recommend it. And I'm going to put that in the folder in your file. It's okay. You do what you got to do. And I'm going to do what I got to do. Then he said, uh, how about a mammogram? When was the last mammogram? I said, last April. So less than a year ago, I am not having a mammogram. Not in April and maybe not at all this year. He said, okay, I'm still going to recommend. That's fine. Recommend away. Write me the referral. Do whatever you got to do so that you're following through on what you think is the right way of handling my medical case. He said, okay, when was the last time you had a pap smear? I said, women my age do not need to have pap smears every year. I'm sorry, but there's absolutely no good reason for me to have a pap smear every year. So I am... Also, not gonna do that. Okay, he said. (laughs) He said that actually falls within the guidelines. Once you're 70 and older, you do not need to have one every year. Whoa, they're catching up, you know? Then it was the CT scan of my lungs, which I have allowed for the last couple of years because I was a smoker and because you should keep a close watch on that. I said, however, I'm not having one this year. I'm just not gonna do it. And he said, okay, I'm still gonna recommend it and I'm gonna recommend it again in six months when you come in for your every six month checkup. And I said, oh, and by the way, every six months? I'm not doing that either. (laughs) At which point, he just started to chuckle. And he said, you know, one thing about you is I know that none of this was some sort of rash decision you've been thinking about this a long time, haven't you? I said, yes, I've been thinking and praying about it a long time. And I am very much convinced that I'm making good decisions. And trust me, if there are any questions in my mind or I have any doubts, I will call the office and get a referral immediately. That's all. I mean, I tr- trust me, I do self-examination of my boobs and if I find something, you will get a phone call immediately. I said... Um, I am also going to tell you right now, I am not getting blood work every six months. Not doing it. Once a year will be sufficient. At which point, he, now he's laughing. He wasn't even chuckling. He was laughing. He goes, I knew you. I knew that was coming next. He said, and you know what? I think you're right. He said, I looked at your last blood work, and it's incredibly good. He goes, I have people much younger than you who I wish had blood work results like you did. I made a recommendation to you a year and a half ago about your B12. That was the first time I ever said anything to you. You took care of it and started taking B12 supplement and your B12 came to well within normal ranges. Everything in your blood work points to a rather healthy female age 70. We uh, basically shook hands at that point and uh, I I let him look at my ears and my nose and you know, listen to my chest and uh, palpitate my abdomen, you know, the normal kind of stuff. And he said, you know, one thing about, and and he knows my doctor's a physician. He says, have you run any of this by your daughter? I said, yeah, I have. And she grimaced and complained and and, uh, said, uh, well, you know, you need to have a full, thorough conversation with your doctor about these things. And I said, I will, I promise. And he said, yeah, well, she she knows even better than I do, so what are we going to say? And I feel so good about this. I can't even tell you. I'm not telling you what to do with your health or with your health decisions or what to recommend to other people. This is me. And I am tired of the big money medicine game. I just am. They don't care about preventing bad things. They don't tell people you're too fat, lose some weight. You know, instead they, they prescribe drugs and now they're just handing out Ozempic and things like that, like it's, you know, M&Ms. You know, Here, you can't lose weight. Uh, you know, take a shot every week of uh, life-saving medication for diabetics. Even though you are not pre-diabetic or anything, we'll help you lose weight with this drug. I said, I, I, you know, you've been exposed. Not you personally, Doc, but, but the industry has been exposed. COVID did it for me. You people had no idea whether this vaccine was even a vaccine. You had no idea whether it was going to be effective. You had no idea what the side effects were going to be like for people of any age group, never mind people in my age group. And yet you willy-nilly demanded that we all get these things. So I'm over it. I really am. I appreciate what you do. I understand why you do it. But I have to take control of my own health. And if you haven't done that for yourself, don't look at me. Don't do what I did. Do what you think is the best thing for you. But do it. And stop letting, you know, uh, Walgreens and, and CVS run your, your <laughs> healthcare. It's crazy. It really is. Tell me what I should get, what I shouldn't get, blah, blah, blah. No, not anymore. And I feel pretty, uh, pretty awesome. As a result of that, and I will not hesitate to get any kind of test that I think is important or any kind of test if I'm having any kinds of problems, and you shouldn't either. But that's very different than being on these stupid schedules, which make no sense at all. Don't forget to download the app, the 850 WFTL app. That way you would have known before 11 o'clock today that the No Restraint podcast was up and you could have you know, listened to it on your lunch hour. Or you could have uh, did did your exercise while listening to it. It is a return to a discussion about Israel based on a lot of things I've read and a lot of um, clear-cut analysis from uh, the free press in one form or another, from one person or another. And you would have been right there able to decide when to do it if you had the app. You would have been notified. Plus, the app is really good when it comes to these contests. And we got some awesome contests. We have a Garlic Fest, a family of four pack of tickets to the 25th Annual South Florida Garlic Fest, February 3rd and 4th in Wellington, We have a pair of tickets to ART Palm Beach at the Palm Beach County Convention Center January 24th to the 28th, which helps support the American Heart Association's uh, Life is Why campaign, and we have a $50 gift card to live deliciously at the Great Greek Mediterranean Grill, which is now open in West Boca. Enter to win on the 850 WFTL app or visit the 850wftl.com website. Do it. It's worth doing. And of course, continue to listen. I'll be uh, right back after this break. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trijani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Album, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So I was laughing when I told you all that when I was in the Target in San Francisco, you know, a little whatever, a little uh, jar of Tylenol was behind lock and key. I had to wait for somebody to come and open it up. We're talking like a $3.49, you know, I'm not talking about like even the family size, just like 30 tablets or whatever. Now, Walmart and Target are locking up underwear and socks because that's what these uh, shoplifters are going after. Excuse me? I'm just really stealing sh- underwear uh, it's just uh, it's just getting really weird out there i can understand electronics i can even understand like some toiletries like expensive perfume or even moderately priced perfume people are you know they're struggling but uh, underpants that's crazy but that's what's happening in the, the bay area which is where i was coming from and they showed a picture of the target that I was actually in, and it's one of the targets that is now locking up socks. It looks insane that you have, and if you haven't been to one of these stores, first and foremost, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out the the Daily Mail article today. You can get to it from Drudge or one of the other aggregate sites, but check out the picture of what these uh, security cabinets actually look like. It's weird. It's just mm, I I don't want to live in a country where you got to lock up the underwear. But I do. I live in a country where they're locking up the underwear. I live in a country where for some crazy reason we have tolerated the loss of 500 million dollars to thieves at a at Targets. I that, where, where, I like woke up and I'm not in Kansas anymore. I'm not even in America anymore. I don't know what this place is, but it's really unfortunate and uncomfortable. And I hope that it doesn't last. But here we go. You know, you got a governor like Gavin Newsom, who is the California government. He is a Democrat. And he, is, he wants to, you know, uh, crack down on theft, well, you might start with legislation that actually allows the city or the state or the county or whatever to prosecute these kinds of crimes and to impose criminal penalties which hurt for retail theft and for stealing cars instead of what you did was go in the other direction. Hey, this is not a happenstance. This was done It was self-inflicted pain. It's one thing for Sephora to lock up the uh, mascara, I guess, or the tester samples, but it's an entirely different thing to have to call for help just to buy a pair of panties. uh, I'm just having a tough time with some of these realities. And then to have my children and grandchildren living in these places is even more frustrating. You know, my grandson is growing up thinking, look, the little guy, Carter. He's growing up believing that if you want, you know, if you want to buy some underwear, you need to get help from the staff because it's behind a locked door. I grew up, I can't even remember. I don't even know if they locked the front door to stores when I was growing up ever, even at night. I guess they did, but it wasn't a big deal. We didn't see all these wired gates coming down and all of these, uh, ADT cameras everywhere. Horrifying. But guess what it's doing? It's Megan Jeff Bezos a very, 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 very wealthy man, because Amazon Prime is my answer to I am not going to tell somebody that I need their help to purchase uh, you know three pairs of underwear. Not doing it, you know. Let Amazon bring it right to the door, and and trust me. It disturbs me that I have given in to this whole Amazon Prime phenomenon, but I have. No question about it. Yesterday, I ordered something that was delivered literally overnight. I mean, give me a break. Overnight, I didn't even have to, I I didn't even have to like basically open the door. My email notified me that it was at the door. It's almost too easy. Um, So anyway, I'm in a very good mood. It has a lot to do with the caucus. It has a lot to do with feeling better and feeling liberated when I finally revealed to my physician, my primary physician, that I was no longer going to tolerate or allow a bunch of ridiculous tests to be conducted on me every single year in spite of the fact that uh, there was no point. There was no reason for it. I was not in any great danger. I mean, there are people living in countries that can't get health care at all. You walk around in some of the third world countries, still today in 2024, and people have had limbs amputated because there was no care for them. And a simple infection in your arm could turn into a massive infection that costs your arm. Uh, America is in the exact opposite position. We're overdone, overwatched, over I don't know how dangerous even all these tests are. I remember there was a time when they'd put that uh, apron on you at the dentist's office so that no radiation could get to you, right? And if you were pregnant, you weren't going to get x-rays. I mean, all of this fear and, uh, and and when microwaves were in everybody's home for the first few years people like me were going like wait wait a minute i don't think it's a good idea for me to be exposed to microwave radiation every single day never mind uh, 10 or 20 times a day as i can see in the homes of uh, plenty of americans now <laughs> it, just think about all the things that we are that we have subjected ourselves to willingly for convenience how convenient is it going to be if everybody starts you know dropping from the long term effects of all of these things that are simply for convenience i mean there was a time where you literally had to grow your own food i know that sounds crazy to some of you anybody under the age of 30 doesn't even know what i'm talking about but We've come a long, very far way from having a garden where I got my lettuce and tomatoes when possible to not having a clue about where food actually comes from. You see, to us, it comes packaged from Publix, Winn-Dixie, Walmart, as though it were some sort of magical (laughs) item. And uh, so far, it's not under lock and key, (laughs) but it will be. Can you imagine when you have to call for a, a shopkeeper to come over and let you get access to the lettuce? What makes you think that isn't right around the corner? I'm certainly anticipating it and many other things that should make you uncomfortable, but it's still a good day. I'm still in a good mood. I don't want that mood to go away. So when I come back from this break, I'm going to tell you why I'm confident right now that the results of the 2024 election, which are merely 11 months away, not even, are going to be exactly what I have hoped for, what I am praying for, and what I believe will be the best thing for the United States of America, a country that I live in and love and really don't want to see go down the... the, the toilet drain, but it's gonna take effort. We gotta win. How do we win? Well, I'm gonna spend the next 10 months of my life giving you information simply to make sure that we win. I, I'm grateful to be able to welcome all of my friends who support Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley or who just you know, keep telling themselves and everybody else who will listen that Donald Trump cannot win a general election. It's time for you to get over it and start helping to make sure that he wins the general election. And I think when he does, and he will, It's going to be a profound and literally life-changing event for us all. I'm on the tail end of this thing called life, but I'd like to go out in style. I came in in the 50s, 1953, the burgeoning beginning of a middle class that uh, the likes of which had never been seen anywhere in the world right here. That's what I was born into. So I'd like to go out with at least, you know, being able to say that I still have an experience like that in the country in which I live. But it's going to take some work. Anyway, let me take a break. Uh, I don't have any guests today, so it's you and me, kid. Stay right where you are. A lot more to talk about. Okay, so we are at one of those moments in world history, not just American history, where... There's so much information and so much of it is bad. You know, it is literally disturbing you and yet you're not sure how accurate it is. It's one thing for me to have to worry about, well, you pick pick a subject. Uh, You know, back in the 50s when I was growing up in the 60s, They used to make us dive under our desks as if somehow if there was a nuclear attack by Russia, that was going to save me, which to this day I still scratch my head over. But I remember the seriousness with which my teachers talked about this matter. And really it was the beginning of them explaining to us as children, and I'm talking in maybe early maybe in elementary school, but definitely by middle school, they were beginning to prepare us for the possibility of yet another world war. Now, we've been blessed, fortunate, whatever, had some good leadership, some bad leadership, but we have managed to not get into World War III so far. I don't know how long that lasts. I really don't know if this particular commander-in-chief that we have right now is capable of keeping us out of very high-stake battles, which are taking place and most of us don't know that much about. You know, Xi Jinping just did what is called a a, a military purge, okay? Meaning that he's got all these... Uh, high level people in his military who he doesn't think are on the same page as he's on and therefore he's shaken things up. He wants to make sure that the leadership of the People's Liberation Army, not the Palestinian Liberation, but the People's Liberation Army, the PLA, is prepared and willing to get involved in war. And basically he's fired a bunch of senior officers. He's made all kinds of reforms within the military structure in China. And he's saying that a lot of it had to do with corruption, but that's not what this is all about. I don't, I can't find one military analyst who, uh, who co-signed that. Most of them say that his underlying motivation is to get rid of any officer who is not ready to go to war. Who doesn't want to go to war? This guy is the president for life of China. And he's struggling. He's fighting within the ranks of the Chinese military. And he's getting rid of all these senior commanders because he knows that the possibility of World War III is mm, very likely. And it's basically, he's one of the big players that can make that determination. And If there's going to be World War III, which country of the big ones, Russia, China, America, and there are some others, but really Russia, China, America, let's face it, maybe you throw in Iran. These countries are trying to do everything they can to avoid World War III. I don't think the American people want a World War III. I know Joe Biden doesn't want one. I know Donald Trump doesn't want one. And it's not because we're afraid of war and it's not because we don't have the strongest, greatest military on the planet. I still believe we do. But it's because World War III is going to shatter the world. This is a nuclear war we're talking about. And we're not talking about one country dropping a nuclear weapon. We're talking about countries exchanging nuclear fighting If that doesn't scare the leaders, then they're stupid. And while I may not agree with them at all on so many things, I don't think any of them are stupid. I think they know that this is a very high-stakes game. And it's not a game. So when I listen to guys like Gordon Chang, he was on with uh, Mark Levin maybe a week or two ago. When I hear him explaining that what Xi Jinping Is doing is trying to gain control of the military, and that he's thinking he needs officers who are ready to fight. A lot of the Chinese general officers don't want to fight. They're actually smarter than the average bear, right? But he's got to get them out of there before. And since he, uh, you know, rose to power in 2012, he has done a lot. He has changed the military in China dramatically. He's reduced personnel. He's improved uh, the way the uh, military and civilian agencies uh, get along or cooperate by altering a lot of the structure. And then in December of last year, he fired nine senior officers in a very dramatic move. And these dismissals were... They, you know, he was shouting, oh, we got to get rid of corruption in the military. Uh No. The reason is these guys didn't want to go to war, and he does. And if he does, there's going to be a war. Who it's against? Well, I don't think I have to, you know, hand, hand you the answer to that question. I think you know the answer. China has been involved in a lot of low-level hostilities with India, with Japan, with, of course, Taiwan, with the Philippines. But lately, his rhetoric has been amped up. And in his New Year's address, he said, we will surely be reunified and all, of China, and all Chinese on both sides of the Taiwan Strait should be bound by a common sense of purpose and share in the glory of the rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. Okay, okay, that's pretty clear. I don't think I have to interpret that for anybody. The, he's just talking to himself and, and he's talking his countrymen into a war. And he's setting up all kinds of uh, political markers that could easily turn into escalated warf- war, conflict. It's amazing to me that we still have more headlines today about nonsense. And I am talking utter, sheer nonsense. than we have people discussing the probability of a World War Three, as if if we don't mention it, we'll be okay, we'll be safe. <laughs> I think it's the antithesis. You know, The headline today should not be, half of Republicans don't want Trump, dead heat in New Hampshire. That is not, in my opinion, the most important story for today. There are way more, but we'll see. You know, there's a divide right now between the working class and the political elites, and that's some serious business. We have a defense secretary who, by the way, came home from the hospital finally. What is it, January 16th? He came home yesterday. That dude was in the hospital for over two weeks. When was the last time anybody was in the hospital, you personally, over two weeks? I can remember the last time I was after my motorcycle accident. That's some serious stuff. That's not something to dismiss. And this is the man who is in charge. You gotta be a little bit wary right now. I am. Anyway, let me take a break. Don't forget, coming up after me is Eric Erickson followed by Joe Paggs and all the night crew. Uh, then tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., Jen and Bill will be back with the South Florida Morning Show followed by uh, Brian Kilmeade and then Dan Bongino and then I'll be back at three o'clock. But I have one more segment left today so don't go anywhere near that dial. I got more to say. I'll be right back. So, and uh, what's Little Rocket Man doing? Does anybody even watch or talk about Little Rocket Man? No, not really. But, you know, Britain, a couple of news articles that I was reading in, I think it was The Sun, the U.S. edition of The Sun, which is a British uh, tabloid, they were talking about how this is a really volatile moment in history because there are all these... Um, areas, these hotbeds of conflict that are exploding. You got Russia, China, the Middle East, Iran, and North Korea. Now, they're all flashpoints. And if any of them become heated up or overheated, we're going to get dragged into this. We, them, and all these other people. And just, uh, I think it was day before yesterday, North Korea literally is playing the, well, let's launch a missile here and there and see if anybody notices. Well, because everybody's so busy looking at the Middle East and all the tensions in the Red Sea and the Houthis and the blah, 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 and the drums of war are beating all around the world. Um, Guess what? (laughs) A little rocket man sees opportunity. And since Russia invaded Ukraine, and now think about that, that was uh, February of 2022, Vladimir Putin has become a real threat to world order. You have a a military report that was leaked out yesterday that showed he has a 10-step plan to bring the West to the brink of World War III. Now, I don't know how these secret documents get out or if they're really true or any of that, but what it did was described a path to conflict which could reach its climax on this thing that they fashioned or he describes as day X when half a million NATO and Russian soldiers face each other. Now, Germany came up with these papers. They, they, they got them, uh, the Ministry of Defense showed exactly how the Kremlin might be preparing for a hybrid attack on NATO as early as w- this winter and, and a full-blown war by not this summer, but next summer when we would have a new president, hopefully an experienced one, But there's going to be a lot going on. And I don't know that, well, I do know. I don't think Lloyd Austin is prepared or in a good position right now. He's got health problems and uh, they've got an election which is sort of tying their hands in many areas. But uh, I don't think we're in a good position. I don't think the UK is in a good position. They're actually telling you that in this uh, The Sun article. I don't think Australia's in a good position. I think China's in about the best position of all. And I hate to say this, you know, the mullahs have uh, mucho invested in destroying Western civilization. It's a strange time. And I think that uh, the fact that we're busy looking at headlines that are really uh, so irrelevant, when it comes to the future of of humanity get about civilization just will people still survive and 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 you know the headline is half of the republicans don't want trump if they can always make it about trump they will and when they make it about trump it's always going to be bad so that's uh you know i'm still in a great mood i'm in a great mood cuz i see possibilities and i i have endless sort of fountains of hope and i've been praying a lot you know so i'm still i'm still uh, in a in a very positive mood today the caucus was exactly turned out exactly the way i wanted it to turn out even better than i wanted it to turn out and we'll see what happens next. But I have high hopes. So I thank you for your time this time until next time. My plan is to be back here tomorrow at three o'clock, if it be his will. And he delays his coming, what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then you know how I feel. May God bless you. May God bless Israel. And may God bless the United States of America. See you tomorrow.